welcome to 1 of 200, the independent New Zealand politics and media podcast. You're here with your hosts, Kyle and Philip, as per usual, and we have fan favourite Olivier Jutel back from the South Island for the deep, deep, deep South, far away from the, the trapped-in uh, jail of a city that we're in up here in uh, New-, <laughs> New York, Auckland. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's exciting, it's exciting, and we're here to talk about crypto shit and nft shit what's up homies uh shout out shout out to the fans how come you guys haven't gone uh snake plissken on it i have no excuse for that yeah i mean come on like uh i think the 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 third in the trilogy escape from auckland people people hate on escape from la but actually i think low-key it's no it's great great. it's it's of fun mostly um it's a combination of of chronic illness um inertia uh, kind of keeping me in one place, um, and my devotion to bring independent media. Uh, it's not to meant to be a deep. It's not meant to be a deep psychoanalytical. Uh, no, but why have you not minted a snake Pliskin ape? Yeah, that's the real. Because question. that's really what you could do. That's where you the money could is. Spiritually baby. ascend and live on the chain, and make money while doing it. And your avatar, he's an ape, but he's got the eye patch and the. Does he, hold on a second. Does Snake Plissken smoke cigarettes or a cigar? He does one of those. He's, he's leathered he up. He smokes something, right? Yeah. He, sm- he smokes something. And, uh, and that, that's, that decade, that's something. your ticket, man. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, we need one in ape form, ape Plissken. And uh, that shit's that shit got to be worth 100 grand. Just, you know, invest a thousand bucks worth of ether. And, and then, do you know what? Make a bunch of like, yeah, escape from Auckland, escape from Northland. Like you'd be like a series, which is slight mods of like the color of the fur. And you've got a whole collection. Uh, Christie's gallery is going to want a piece of that. And you've become an entrepreneur in the sort of cauldron of, of lockdowns. This is, the, this is the future and the promise of the digital economy, folks. As, how about this? As, <laughs> as other cities and towns join the COVID chain of transmission, Ooh, I like where you, I like we can add those cities and towns to the blockchain. Well, we could literally, we can live, we can ascend to the COVID-free zone. We can walk around in our little ape suits. We can have like the Zoom. Imagine how good this Zoom podcast would be right now if I'm an ape. You're uh, hey, why can I be an ape as well? You're a spider monkey, uh, Philip. I I don't know. I can imagine nothing better. I'd I'd obviously be a reptile of some kind. Let's be honest. Look at my ridiculously flat face. and, (laughs) And we can virtually pass around like a big doobie because you know, like weed culture and internet culture are both so epic. Yeah, they, yeah. The, and and you know and throw some cats in there and um what if bacon was somehow involved oh man imagine a world Ooh, bacon coin let's go all right now this is how this is i mean I, obviously this, these are all terrible ideas but they're better than any nft i've ever seen i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> like, okay so let's kick that off um you've been enraged recently some might say justifiably over the same thing you've been enraged over. I'm always mad. Sorry, every I'm day, always, I'm every day, Pinky. Uh, yeah, it's time to get mad about digital currencies and NFTs. Well, I would say uh, the thing to understand about the internet is its wonderful bounty of connectivity and the duplication of the digital. It's all code. It's all ones and zeros. Therefore, we're entering a space of abundance and surplus. No, actually, no, no, no. What it really should, every bit should be stamped with blockchain copyright. It's not really copyright, but some sort of certification so that we can maximize every sort of ability to extract value from, you know, sharing JPEGs. I mean, like, this is what, the NFT is a subversion. Like, not that I'd take seriously sort of like the cyberspace utopia of the 90s, but if there was one thing that it promised was, yeah, digital abundance and lowering costs of entry to various sorts of uh, social practices, identities, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, this is something that um, the great uh, essay, The California Ideology, Barbrook and Cameron talk about is that the, the, the sort of communalist ideals of cyberspace, the so-called like digital agora 
comes up pretty quickly with the sort of digital marketplace. And when these two ideas collide, you know, whatever, sort of libertarian, transactional sort of gatekeeping practices, like predominate the space. And of course, like the whole crypto culture was supposed to break all that down and liberate us from mediators and gatekeepers. And so nothing is better sort of encapsulate the spiritual bankruptcy of crypto and blockchain than these shitty apes and cats and stupid gifs that you have to like, there's no inherent value in these things, right? Like, so, well, all right, I don't want to, we can, we can talk about Ethereum and how the process basically works, but you have to sort of psych yourself up into believing that cyberspace is about ownership and private property and you are superior because your ape has the little you know blockchain hash that authenticates it it's a little bit like when you buy a piece of a square foot of scotland and make yourself a duke or something like that is that the sort of you know like it's it's total meaningless worthless bullshit but if enough people convince yourself and if you can create an ecosystem where everybody addresses you as my good sir duke then i guess it's real i don't know um, but it's 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 rife with all the sort of scammy laundering, you name it. But it's just a different sort of cultural iteration of what under undergirds the whole crypto economy. Which I mean, it, yeah, it comes back to the like uncomfortable relationship that we've spoken about before between um, democracy and capitalism, right? Because as you say, there was that early kind of um, utopian perspective in the '90s and leading up to the uh, kind of visionary concept of people creating their own worlds and anything is possible. And there's this kind of uh, subversive uh, kind of assumptions about what the digital universe would kind of mean. Um, but that came up very quickly against market realities. And that was always going to happen. But people who, for some reason, think that these two things are not just compatible, but like self-reinforcing, always had this kind of lie in their hearts, which is why there's this kind of liberal sympathy that we've spoken about before about this um, combination of like, infinitely recursive markets like if there's not enough market you create a new market and you can have a market of markets and then each thing sold in that market can be marketized in a future imaginary market and it's all and, kind of self-perception that spirals outwards forever right so and the thing that drives me insane about blockchain and crypto is that like in a certain sense they are pointing the way forward and we you know we have to like sorry sorry we have to talk about the great reset like when you look at the falling rates of profit and all these sorts of like material crises of like capitalism. There are people that believe that digital identity and immersion in sort of web 3.0 broadly defined is this very vague thing. It's really, if you, we saw this this week with uh, meta, the metaverse, Facebook and all that shit. It's really just sort of nineties cyberspace fantasies reheated. And it looks but, exactly like that as well. Like oh, the awesome. whole way they're framing it, the whole narrative around it, it feels like the. Um, what if what if know, Second Life made you rich? Like it's no, just yeah. that. It's fucking pathetic. I mean, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which some is, people rich. So <laughs> how Second? Yeah, yeah. That's how Second Life pitches itself. And so, well, yeah. To your point, Philip. Like, yeah. Like, uh, we've always had reasons to want to leave the strictures and the oppressions of the body, and uh, from perspectives of gender, race sexuality etc um so like that's the price of the ticket is believing in some of those sorts of notions of escape and we fuck we want to escape this horrible horrible reality and i mean i don't know some people are more inclined towards digital escapism than others but i understand that i get that you you like your little uh multi online elf game that's fine play your little elf game cool but like the problem is is that our economy is going to look like the elf game and blockchain protocols may or may not play some role in like, I don't know, like establishing your elf identity that then being be, and then, then you are part of like this never ending series of like little microtransactions that involve, you know, just little smart contracts on the blockchain or with, uh, and, or, and look, blockchain may just become the buzzword that softens us up to, uh, participating in this because it's sort of it has um, a lot of cultural cachet in the moment. It's also connected to the like the broader influencer economy. Like so, this is all stupid Ponzi scheme bullshit. Uh, as is like you know uh, 
the influencer economy is also a sort of like a game that we're all playing that exchanging attention and clout has some sort of real tangible value. It doesn't. Um, but in this way, like these sort of, you know, clout chasers are the perfect people to like launch NFTs and coins and all the, which is, which was sort of like the Tesla model. Like they were also very smart and sophisticated and understanding, like you see this in the social space and kind of create a reality out of it. So we can talk about why the technology of blockchain is garbage, doesn't do its job that it's supposed to do, how cryptocurrencies are also, you know, you know not assets of tangible value. They're not currencies, they're frauds all the way down. But, but it does sort of like, yeah, like it, it feels real and will possibly part of, be part of the amalgam of whatever kind of like digital capitalism we have going forward, which is, I guess what just drives me insane is that these uh, freaks and their stupid apes will probably inherit the earth. I don't know. Okay, but before we uh, spiral, spiral off into insanity, um, let's, oh, let's get down to brass tacks. How much for the ape? Tell us about this ape's <laughs> situation. The ape, I want the ape. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, I mean, how does this, how does this shit work? I mean, again, we're seeing in something like the Rolling Stone, the decline of legacy media to such a kind of debased level that, uh, or look, no one who reports on crypto, blockchain, NFTs has the sort of like the literacy or the chops to like, to, to, to see what's going on here. Because as a, as a technological paradigm, it's like designed to be quote, like it's designed to be obscurantist. It's designed to be hard to explain it's it it is it's it's premised on belief and religiosity and the you know minting of a 70 million dollar uh nft in the case of beeple's stupid jpeg smash thing like is some sort of like sacred proof that this thing is real and uh you know journalists are not going to do the, the 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 hard graft of like oh right it looks like this wallet and this agency, like he just bought it off himself to like pump up like the broader sort of agency. Like it looks like it because that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 kind of hard to do in the first instance, and we get sort of taken by this the spectacle of that. And and like in New Zealand, when we've had uh, coverage of this, whether it's News Hub, whether it's RNZ, uh, or you know my fair local paper, the ODT, it's just a pedestal for advocates of this quote unquote industry to just like just spout pure PR and boosterism and faith. Cause again, that's part of like the strategy of, of pumping up your coin, your NFT or whatever is, 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 is this kind of stuff. And, and plus look, sorry, sorry, New Zealand. I am a citizen of this country. I can say this. We are such fucking rubes for like American tech dead end bullshit. Like, we love to be flattered because we're a small country. Oh, Jeff's and... a great guy, though. I think yeah. you'll find we're actually punch well above our weight, Olivia. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, but... that's part of it. But yeah, uh, uh, Rolling Stone. Uh, this is the caliber that legacy media is doing. They're doing pure product placement. And these are the guys that I swear to God they're declaring are, are, uh, is punk rock, is the suite of the Board 8 Yacht Club run by a guy named Gargamel, which is, quote, a name I ridiculously gave myself based off the fact that my fiance had never seen the Smurfs when we were launching this thing. Epic. And he's flabbergasted. And now I meet with CEOs of billion dollar companies all the time. And I'm like, hi, I'm Gargamel. What is it you would like to speak to me about? The gang bursts out in laughter. Anyway, like, these are the fucking doofuses that are Brilliant. like- Brilliant uh, and hilarious. Yes. Do you have like a, um, a timeline? Can you talk us through the, the events of- I I can definitely talk the timeline of NFTs. All right. So we can come back to why Ethereum matters and the difference between Ethereum and Bitcoin. But yeah, let's, let's start from NFTs, because I think that's, that's the thing yeah. that people are kind of talking about right now. But then there's kind of the fundament after that that I think we should come back to and explain like with for, reference for sure. to that. I got I got to look up the Nas, the Nas, not the Nasir Jones, not uh, little Nas X, but the Nas tweet about uh, Crypto Kitties, which is pretty funny. The other so, Nas. Cr crypto Kitties. Check this out. Ethereum is the blockchain that supposedly does more than just currency. Um, it, in theory, allows you to do things like smart contracts 
and distributed autonomous organizations. And it is the place, the blockchain upon which the new world will be built. That's the sort of religious belief. And uh, there are very limited sort of like applications for, for Ethereum. Like, I, so I, I, I do a lot of research on Ethereum governance projects in the NGO and development space. And they all end up being quote off chain, which means they're not a fucking blockchain. They, they actually do human stuff and involve no algorithmic governance, but Ethereum, there's a lot of flexibility to like, say you're doing a blockchain thing. But so in this sort of like search for like cool examples for like fun, different cultural value projects and experiments, CryptoKitties was one of the first sort of, of, of that ilk. And it pops off in like 2018. And there's an amazing uh, like introductory video for CryptoKitties, which is like the most cringe lulz cats bullshit you've ever seen. It's a great flashback to sort of like internet party meme culture and ICANN has NFT type bullshit. Um, and what's also kind of weird about it too is like you're like a master breeder that like is like, uh, you're like Dr. Yakub. You're, you know, like fucking devising cats for particular attributes and like characteristics. I suppose animal breeding is a little bit fucked up that way, but it's like super hyper controlled around ownership and pet characteristics. And, and this thing sort of popped off in, and, you know, people were paying at the time, like, you know, $50,000 for like what a digital beanie baby, basically for like a silly little cat. And the other part of the formula of like the cloud economy is like getting um, basketball players, rappers, cool people with cloud influencers in on this. So like Nas was, uh, you know, rented out his Twitter for shit like, you know, crypto kitties is a great way of getting into finance and understanding more about the blockchain. And that's something they'll always say, which is like, you know, these projects, like, this is a social experiment. We are, like, discovering more and more about the value of, like, creativity and community. And, like, interestingly, a lot of this is sort of, like, it's like the Farmville play. So if we know about the history of Facebook, stupid, spammy, Farmville, cutesified play was a part of building a user base for, for Facebook, right? You send friend requests so they come to your little farm and look at your blueberry patch, all that bullshit. And, and CryptoKitties is very in that vein of like, let's gamify the blockchain. Meanwhile, the developers of CryptoKitties are like, you, you, you may remember some of these articles. They were like, oh, can't afford a house? Now you can own one one hundredth of a house through non-fungible tokens. Like they were sort of upselling like what NFTs could do in the quote real economy. Um, and again, they, it cycled back around. I don't know why 2020 late 2020 was when this was like popping off again. But again, they're always looking for sort of like new ways of convincing people that this is the center of some sort of cyberspace realization of new value, new horizons, new frontiers. And, and now everybody is, you know, whether it's Steph Curry or whoever is developing a suite of their little cats or apes or whatever bullshit. Uh, we could talk about stoner cats, but um, everyone's just scamming. Everyone's hustling. I mean, what, what happened between 2018 and 2020? Because it did seem like there was kind of a, I don't know, maybe there was still a kind of linear growth in people think, working on NFT shit, but it, was, it didn't seem like it was in the, in the zeitgeist it's the same way as it is. There are a couple of big, like, uh, I, I guess you'd say artists or um, other people in the cultural space who went all in on it. Um, so we're able to tap networks um, and get, narrative presence that they weren't previously able to get where, where previously had kind of been like along social media lines. Now it was in mainstream news to an extent that I don't think it had been before. And, and you just and get I'm, such a range more access at that point. And I'm sympathetic, man. The artist life is hard. And like, whether you have like rich benefactors or some sort of, you know, residencies that are hard to come, like, you know, if somebody says, Hey, look, you know, you can sell your art. You know, if you do this thing, you know, buy a few hundred bucks for the ether. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I try not to, try not to be mad at anybody 
who makes money off this shit. I mean, like people can make money off Ponzi schemes, like, you know, and whatever, if I'm not, you know, I'm not going to hold that against anybody, but um, I definitely think, uh, you know, David Gerard, uh, who's the great sort of no coin uh, journalist and commentator. I mean, he talked about the, the big crypto surge of 20, or sorry, the big Bitcoin surge of 2019, 2020, again, sort of leading to, all right, how do we invest, sorry, spread the investment in the beliefs and ideologies of this technology around? Let's say, yes, it's not just this, you know, monstrous carbon guzzling uh, speculative asset. I mean, NFTs are still consuming a tremendous amount because you have to like burn the ether. You have to buy the coins, which are, are, are proof of work coins. Sorry about the jargon, but you know, they're not, you know, they're not emissions free. Um, but it's, it's, it's also, I mean, I think we have to look at the sort of the GameStop Dogecoin sort of Reddit surge, which uh, broadened people's understandings of how you can kind of like get involved in decentralized finance and decentralized collectibles markets and this kind of stuff so yeah i mean everyone's using the d word a lot these days like what does that mean when people say decentralize your your finances decentralize your investments what does that mean it means philip i have a wonderful investment opportunity for you to liberate you invest in my coin yeah right you know what i, I mean, mean one you thing, to, yeah you don't have to land banks on brokers, just invest in my coin. One thing I've noticed about your bank account, Olivier, is none of it's decentralized into my bank account. So in that <laughs> sense. Well, that's, this is the crazy thing, of course, which is like uh, when we, uh, you know, nothing about crypto, you're just changing the mediators. So like Bitcoin miners are political actors in this space and they mediate transactions, right? And crypto uh, exchanges are incredibly dodgy uh, mediators of this economy where you, the, 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 the holder of coins or whatever. The holder have, of coins. Yeah, the holder yeah. of coins. Uh, you know, you, you know, my God. Okay, we should talk about stable coins at some stage, but basically you're subject to these entities that are like essentially unbanked or they're unbanked in the Caymans or in Vanuatu or some sus jurisdiction that allows them to do incredibly sus things through which you have no recourse should you, you ever be locked out of your account or be hacked or have coins frozen. Um, and then the whole economy itself is not decentralized, is not disintermediated. That's the other D word they like because it's, it's controlled by the whales. Okay, like yeah. the whales are basically the guys. So if you buy my coin, Snake Plissken coin or OJ coin, whatever you want to call it, like I hold two thirds of the coins or some shit, right? I give myself, and if you are dumb enough to buy my coin, you know, I have power in this, this space and control. And look, you know what? I can have however many anonymized wallets. You don't need to know, you know what I mean? There's no transparency there. So, and, and much of how, you know, profit and value is extracted from this economy is the ability of people with access to information and exchanges and cash flows that you don't have, their ability to trade on the margins and to print stable coins at particular opportune areas. So there's been research about how uh, Tether, the biggest stable coin, and in fact, uh, we can come back to this, but the biggest source of liquidity in this whole marketplace is just like a transparent scam all the way down. But then also they, they, they trade on the margins. They have quite sophisticated sort of algorithmic ways to buy and sell um, different coins and shift that around. And what's horrible about all this is like, yeah, they are developing sort of uh, sophisticated finance tools. And that's why hedge funds are interested in a lot of this stuff. So you know, in, in, in participating in some of this and, and creating this scam infrastructure, like they are developing things that are useful to the quote, real, real financial economy. Um, but yeah, not a lot of decentralization. Okay. But we can, I mean, we can, Bitcoin makes you feel like you're in charge or because in theory, every transaction is, uh, 
uh, goes through. Oh fuck! Do we really want to talk about no. how? Proof no, 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 no. Let's start with, <laughs> let's start with stablecoin. Stop now. Let's start with stablecoin. What is stablecoin? Explain okay, okay, to okay. us what that is. So, Bitcoin does a fairly okay job of like everybody gets an anonymized wallet, an anonymized identity, and you can see which wallet does what where. So it can represent aspects of that economy and transfer of data pretty well up into the point that it's like, you know, gets hacked or, and that fucking definitely happens. Um, but it doesn't like, it's not money. It's really not money. It's, it's, you can't, you can buy shit with it through very complicated things, but you know, it's crashed. It's up or down 10% by the time you've pulled your wallet out of your pocket to use a Bitcoin ATM or whatever. So this problem of, of, of Bitcoin and crypto not really working as money and not being a kind of like stable securitized asset brings stable coins into the fold of like providing the liquidity, i.e. your ability to cash out, your ability to trade different coins for different things, to create financial services. And what a stable coin is supposed to do is uh well in theory it just stays stable it's like a medium it's like a, a medium in and out of of bitcoins into yeah into exchanges into other coins etc and it's supposed to be one so tether which uh, currently there's 80 billion i got to, to check because it changes but i believe there's like 80 billion dollars minted in tether which is the most popular stable coin and uh, it's got a very interesting political backstory. And it's supposed to be one tether, one dollar. One now, US dollar. One US dollar. That's why it's called USDT. So it's sort of like, hey, one tether is as good as a US dollar. Take it to the bank. Oh, right. But tether is not actually banked. Like it's under somebody's mattress somewhere and uh, different. So the Southern District of New York, which is the jurisdiction of Wall Street, they are treating there's calls now by the u.s treasury but you know to treat stable coins essentially like a bank or a fiduciary um, entity and what they've done is they've basically they forced tether to open up its books and tether's done various sort of jurisdiction they've been in they've been in the cayman islands they've been here they've been there they've been banned this place banned that place but essentially one tether is three cents so but wait, That's, you said it was $1. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you believe that, my God, you should buy OJ's snake Pliskin coin. Look, as, uh, a, as, a, as a centrist, I think it's between $1 and $0.03. Cents. <laughs> so, well, it's, uh, it's less than $0.03. Cents, and uh, what's really fascinating is uh, they're constantly sort of recreating grab bag-like ways of, of justifying this. But in the last year, they've become the seventh largest holder in the world of corporate paper, which is like corporate debt. So this is like what this means that all of crypto's liquidity is tied up in this absolute scam of a stable coin, which holds, you know, massive amounts of corporate debt uh, is like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not smart enough to figure out what that means, but I think, I think there's some big, there's some big problems there. And but what do you mean? But what do you mean? What do you mean when you say corporate, uh, not corporate debt? I think we can leave that. Everyone has some kind of notion of what that is. But when you say crypto is tied up with Tether as as the major stablecoin, is that because is that because crypto as any any different sort of cryptocurrency invests in stablecoin, or is it because it's based on it? How's, how does that well? It, work? It's more a case of like. Uh, you know, if I tried to sell a thousand Bitcoin or 10,000 Bitcoin, like, you know, it's hard to get like the actual cash buyers for that shit. But there is tethers and other stable coins sloshing around that. So again, there it's the liquidity of this space because actually doing the conversions of like, you know, cash to coin is not so straightforward. And because many of the exchanges, again, are not, traditionally banked um you know some of them are some of them are quote unquote more honest or above board and comply with some jurisdictions than others and and those are the people that are like oh look you know 
don't worry that like 90% of all the coins are scams and like all these, pro we're doing something real of value here. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I will gladly tar you all with the, the, the real sort of like animating ideology and political economy of this space. Cause that's, so again, they're, they're what allows you to be a medium to cash. And so it, it, people have to act as if Tether still has value because of how, so for example, the largest um, crypto exchange is this thing called Binance, which again has been banned from the UK, from Japan, from Canada. And is that, is that because they're doing buy erasure? Olivia, is that one? That, oh, I, I missed that one. I don't is it because they're doing buy erasure that they're not? Bio, uh, thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> oh man. You can keep that. Uh, <laughs> you, you got me you got me mid political economy let me show you my spreadsheets and charts about the declining rate of profit rant um the uh binance is like holds like 20 percent of all tether so like everybody's everybody's fucked everybody has these toxic assets toxic assets that make layman brothers look you know pristine you know so and this was the sort of like, this was the thing that was supposed to come in the shadows of the great financial crisis and, and replace traditional finance. And it's just, you know, it's the same, it's the same diabolical bullshit, but worse with, with pedophiles. Sorry, Tether. Yeah. Ah, God. It, it's, yeah. I said it. It's true though. It's fine. I mean, you, this is, this is what Olivier sounds like trying not to, um, well, the, the right founder, into a rant about terrifiles. Terrifiles. Now they exist. Brock, Brock Pierce, the guy who founded Tether, who's like who ran for president uh, with Akon on the ticket, the guy who established his uh, Puerto Rico crypto utopia, the guy who was the head of the Bitcoin Foundation. He got appointed the head of the Bitcoin Foundation to be the good PR face of crypto after the big hack of Mt. Gox. That was the big Japanese exchange that got hacked and like, oh God, what percentage of all Bitcoins disappeared? This, this is the guy who got into uh, digital currencies because he ran a company with Steve Bannon, uh, like mining rare orc minerals in ElfQuest and AdventureQuest and shit like that. They would pay uh, Chinese gamers 20 cents an hour to like, you know, to mine this shit. And of course he's connected to this horrible uh, Hollywood sus thing called the digital entertainment network and Epstein and blah, blah. So just real upstanding people all around. Yeah, always, always. So, okay. So what is a, you're, you're using crypto as a, as sure. a purpose for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so what is it? What is a crypto thing? We've, we've talked about stable coins um, and a cryptocurrency, I think everyone has some kind of um, understanding these days of, of what that means. But it seems like it's being used in kind of broader and broader uh, strokes to refer to both kind of a philosophy and a, a mode of exchange. And also sort of there's some notion of um, supply or creativity, I suppose, behind it. Right. So can you disentangle that in any I, way? I would say so. Yeah, this is sort of like where. Uh... Bitcoin and blockchain will play a role in the digital economy is in basically turning us all into Bitcoin wallets. So again, the thing that Bitcoin sort of does, and again, at a totally abstract level of the digital, which is to say, I'm, uh, I have an encrypted identity that's uh, enacted through my Bitcoin wallet. And we are all engaging in the mining process. So the mining process is like the thing that seeks to verify every transaction and encrypt every transaction. Now it's not actually math, it's just like a lottery. So the, 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 the computer that's able to run the lottery the quickest, the strongest will get new coins. It's not, again, so it's not like doing some sort of quantum math that has a, maybe some other application, it really doesn't. It's, but the, the idea here then, is and this is like the completely religious aspects of of cyber space and cyber utopias is that we could render the world into encrypted points of data that we engage with 
autonomously, right? And be completely liberated subjects floating in cyberspace, entering into voluntary contracts as we see fit, free of the sorts of coercion of the state. And even they claim, um, like uh, you know, Facebook and all the big sort of centralized platforms. Would it surprise you that these cyber libertarians, of course, make do contracts with ICE and totally rely on the state for their smart contracts to be legally valid? So, like you know, just like every other libertarian, they're so monstrously full of shit. But this is the fantasy: is that we could tokenize everything. Everything would be sort of voluntary, anarcho-capitalist free association, and you know, Bitcoin is one, the Bitcoin blockchain is one thing. It, it does sort of do, but you know what? You could reverse engineer, like the idea that you can't unencrypt where the wallets are, like encryption has always been a ruse in sort of like uh, espionage, in, in like uh, the US government and intelligence agencies have been big into encryption because you can reverse engineer encryption. Encryption is actually like a honeypot, right? So that's like the Tor network and shit like that. Like they say it's encrypted identity, but actually we can work backwards from that. And so I have my doubts about Bitcoin, but like that's already in this weird discrete space where you're only, you know, trading one for one digital entities. Now, Ethereum is the second most important blockchain in that it, it claims to do this. And the, the encryption protocols are the same carbon consuming stuff, but you can launch a coin on it or you can launch an NFT on it or you can create some sort of contract, but it doesn't actually, so, you know, you could start one of 200 like governance app, you could make one of 200 a distributed autonomous organization, but to validate your workflow or your sort of processes, you'd have to decide to like, I don't know, give Bronco five votes because he works at Jacobin, give Kyle two votes, because he's the engineer and producer, and sorry, Phil, you only get one. Oh, what but, the hell, man! But hey, oh, that's it. I hate it now. I've changed my mind. <laughs> I'm against this whole system. But fuck, that's algorithmic governance. You can call that. That's but th that's what it is. Like so, Ethereum allows you to pretend like it gives you sort of like a blockchain interface for what are like human political decisions. Well, I hate and, this. Yeah. So, it, so, but if you believe in the religiosity of this broader set of values that we should all become devigiated subjects, like free floating, constantly entering into like ANCAP free association stuff, then it's cool. Like the, you push past like the technological deficit and the fact that it doesn't do what it says it does, um, uh, uh, premised on that belief. There is a really like um, unspoken ANCAP, um, anarcho-capitalist kind of value set under basically all of this, right? There's no, um, there's no taking this on faith without having that as, as quite kind of a, a fundamental part of your uh, worldview, because like none of this engages with power in a way that anyone any who's sense. sort of lived in the real world might, might admit that it does. Because I mean, there was that example recently of, uh, and this happens all the time, but there was this guy who's ape, NFT got stolen and then immediately <laughs> uh, went and talked to the FBI about it and the, the person oh who sold God. it to him. And the first, like the first port of call is, oh, my property's been stolen. I need to write, rely on the state to get it back, which invalidates the entire philosophy of a non-state backed currency, right? Unstealable currency. Yeah. If, if there's a currency where uh, the only method of proving it is some kind of, you know, perfect, pure relationship between you and the algorithm, then the state shouldn't be part of that, whether it's to return it, whether it's to claim it as a quote unquote rightful owner, whatever that means, absent the, you know, the magic words or whatever. So like, how does, how does this relate to NFTs? Connect Ethereum to NFTs and how that's become somehow in the headlines for the last six months. So yeah, that's, I mean, Ethereum is the NFT platform. And I mean, again, these poor fools, they, they you know, you, the, the other thing, of course, people do is they, they right click your image and then <laughs> and send it back to you. And the right clickers are the most disgusting troglodytes who do not understand the purity of the vision of the blockchain. It's so, the funniest shit, man. It's, it's, it, it's, it never gets created, old. It is very yeah. funny. So they've created this whole sort of like language for like, oh, the right clickers to like convince themselves that a JPEG is not a JPEG. And again, like, 
these freaks it's not even that their ape exists in the in the block of the blockchain it's that there's like a hash and a number which points to the website which like created the the original image and it's funny too because like you know, I think the Charlie bit my finger guy minted an NFT of that because like, I guess if they didn't do it, somebody else would. And then like, they can't. So there's sort of like theft and piracy, which whatever, I'm fine. I bit torrent. Like I'm not like, you know, but then when my ape gets stolen, you know what I mean? Like somebody call the FBI. How dare you? How yeah. dare you? And everybody must, um, uh, what's the word? Like they have to partake in this ideal that yes, he has lost something. And, and yes, that little serial number, whatever bullshit, like is the thing that has value because again, it's sort of like, it's a key that will unlock my sort of like mega brain, like cyberspace, you know, like, you know, super brain uh, become part of the singularity. It's my past it's my ticket to the singularity. I think one of the, one of the interesting things just with the choice to do like this NFTs via art um, or via image, um, it was like the perfect choice for them to display the failings of the system that they were purporting to be creating because of the ways in which values assigned to it the ways that they are purporting to find value in these things you know someone's like oh i just bought this cool nft for like a million bucks um it doesn't have value but i'll make it my profile picture because right. the image itself has value but it doesn't really and then someone stole it but you can't do that you know and like i mean this right clicking stuff as well like you know there are four or five different ways in which just on the face of things the system does not work. But I think the thing is, again, you got to just believe and bring it back to the influencer economy. Because again, if you see the celebs and the influencers and they believe and you are partaking in the ritual in which you're publicly sort of announcing your status and your, your, your belief that, yeah, I'm going to be front row, you know, I got my front row ticket to the singularity or... <laughs> I'm going to be on the Mars mission with Elon. Like there are so many ways in which that logic of like caping and standing for the most pathetic, like visions of the future. Oh, so much of it is such garbage as well. It's total garbage. My f All right. All right, guys, we need to talk about stoner cats. Yeah. yeah okay. So, perfect. No, good. Good. Let's time. Let, that's time. Let's go. But first say, okay. what is an NFT? Non-fungible token. Like that's, but that's it's attached to Ethereum, and then obviously Stoner Cats explodes from. Okay, there. okay, okay, okay. So yeah, again, again, you purchase Ether, and I think you have to buy a certain. I don't know how much of a fraction. Ether is about five thousand dollars. I think you. What's the smallest fraction of Ether you can buy? I'm not really sure, but you you have a network charge of about four hundred dollars minimum to mint an NFT. I think. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know if I'm talking in USD. I think I'm talking in USD, but basically, uh, boom, I'm gonna take a screen cap of our zoom call right now. I'm going to buy the ether and I'm going to spend $400 for the ether blockchain to boom, stamp that image in a sort of like digitally stamp it. And then it goes on a marketplace and no one fucking buys it. Uh, but you gotta uh, don't have a seller set like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but, um, and, and what the fun thing again is like, uh, there are, there, there are these really grand efforts to make this more than what it is and say it's a social experiment. Cause again, every time it fails, every time it reveals, it reveals itself to be 99% scam bullshit. It's like, yeah, but we're, we are the Vanguard blazing a new trail and, uh, just, you know, uh, get on board or be left behind. Uh, so this is actually about. Uh, new and creative ways of delivering content and uh we love content i don't know what we would do without our content and i think what's really don't really important is that imagine if you could give money directly to see the content that you want created wow that's that's what you got and like when's the last time mila kunis has been in a thing you like her right she's in the sitcom you like so 
Uh, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, our favorite sort of like, I don't know, CIA couple. Uh, no, sorry, I did, you, should see, you should see Ashton talk about TikTok in China. Um, anyway, okay, okay, sorry. But uh, they are very proud to be announcing the Stoner Cat NFT. And what that is, is it's, again, two things that are so epic and based in internet culture, cats, weed culture, in a comedy short that looks like that, again, the, the animation, digital animation is, is such garbage these days, but it's, it's the worst, whatever, digital garbage animation. And you can choose like one of seven cats and the, they have gotten their buddies uh, on this, including, including Chris Rock, uh, Seth MacFarlane, Jane Fonda, my God, what would Ho Chi Minh say about this? You know what I'm saying? Very disappointing, Jane. Very disappointing. Jane, Jane do better. All right. Do better, absolutely. And, uh, and Vitalik Buterin. Vitalik Buterin is the. I know. You know who Vitalik is. Vitalik is the creator of Ethereum and sort of like a religious deity, um, you know, sort of not, you know, a, a rivaling Satoshi. And he is uh, Lord Katzington, the spirit guide of the stoner cats. So depending on which cat you buy, uh, there is different plot lines about which cat will get high, which cat will eat Jane Fonda, um, Miss Stoner, the matriarch, will eat all her jam or kibbles or whatever. And so like, you know, be involved, create content, be part of like, I don't know, this is the future of it's like fan service. The worst of 90s webtoons and web animations but just with enormous inflationary costs and in, in every way imaginable well you, the, the the networking costs of buying the like like with carbon like you know it could we could we bring more carbon into digital animation and again like remind reminds me a lot you remember how uh, kim.com would uh, introduce Who? himself yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry carl don't insult Kim, he still follows me on Twitter. So he also follows me on Twitter, <laughs> and uh, he is subject of one of my favorite Ben Garrison cartoons. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I do oh my that. god, that was so good! And they even got his like Humpty Dumpty body shape. I'm sorry, sorry. I I actually like him. I like him. He makes things interesting. He's a talent. Uh, whatever. No, I mean, uh, whatever. Was that? Let's not go off on a. Well, hold on. Was I correcting for my body shaming by like a uh, soft alt right pilling? I don't. I denounce myself. Like, start again. Start again. But this thing where Vitalik <laughs> becomes like the need to be like both a sort of like a, a meta god within a stupid cat stoner thing, and then he's also literally a god. It just reminds me of how Kim would always uh, introduce himself as the newest superhero in New Zealand. These guys, man, these guys are such freaks. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, whatever. If you must do crypto, get in, get out. You know, I won't- And you judge. mustn't, you mustn't do and it. You mustn't. Like, there's don't no, do it. Don't do it. it's really no reason. It's really I mean, crazy, it's, man. I mean, it's fine. It's a scam, right? Like any other scam. If you can, if you can get out before you you lose money, I'm not gonna uh, break anyone over the coals for that. Yeah, I mean, it's people like, can make. Yeah, money. but I mean, there's no imperative to do it. There's no, no. Like, what? Of course not. But no, no. There's but... no need to decentralize your investments into it. But <laughs> if you happen to know that there's an opportunity where you can scam other people and make more money from the scam than you're losing from the scam. Get involved in the scam. That's well, what I say. I mean, you say decentralized. I mean, decentralized finance is a thing, which is then you can leverage, you can loan your NFTs and your coins to other people. This shit gets insane as well. In the, yeah, in the promise of like ten percent returns, and uh, which which is why hedge fund, hedge funds are interesting. And of course, these entities like they poof disappear. Sorry, we were never a thing. Like and. Uh, it's crazy because again, I, I, my research area is in how these freaks are um, infiltrating like the NGO and development space. And like, and they, these, and they are, and some of these people who work for Oxfam are now like pushing decentralized finance, like in the developing world. And I think like a lot like of that, no better than one coin. Yeah. Cause there's always been like an undercurrent of that through a lot of NGOs in terms of microloans and microfinancing and, and that sort of thing, this kind of 
um, white tech saviorism, right? Like if we just give like tiny little bits of money and then they kind of pay us back and then we can kind of like uh, hijack the financial systems to help the pause. Um, and so it makes, it's no surprise that they continue that kind of form of magical thinking into uh, blockchain finance as well. Well, uh, listen, I, I've got here the article. Richard Branson prepare la révolution de la blockchain depuis son île, uh, uh, son île paradisque. All right, sorry, 2016. Sorry, I'm just, uh, was I showing off? Uh, in 2016, they all met on Necker Island, you know, Richard Branson's island. Who's and they? Who's they all? They. It's, it's, it's hilarious because it's like, it's literally in the article, a colorful cast of ex-intelligence, finance, and uh, government officials met on Richard Branson's private island to discuss how blockchain could be at the center of global development. And they dusted off the old mummy, this guy, Hernando de Soto, who's, who's the Peruvian economics minister who was the Milton, excuse me, he was the Friedrich von Hayek of Latin America, a Chicago boy, the right-hand man of Alberto Fujimura, the uh, one of the ones that really fucked it up, everyone. Yeah, yeah, and he really is, fucked it up. He is like the microloans. Well, Muhammad Yunus was the microloans guy, but Hernando de Soto was the private property for the world's poor guy. So it's like the problem with the world's poor, they don't have private property. Blockchain is going to. He literally wrote in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, uh, how this new technology platform will bring $150 trillion of developing world resources into the market with, with blockchain working along satellite technology. We will bring the blessings of private property to the developing world and then global poverty. This is also the place on Richard Branson's private island where they like, um, I don't know if you followed this, but like the Afghanistan cryptocurrency story where it was like, Oh, as Afghanistan crumbles, the women and coders of Afghanistan are leaving with crypto, like we refugees. The two, the two main dem, uh, demographics <laughs> being being threatened by the Taliban. That's right. Well, women and uh, coders, the terrifying. So, yeah. Well, part of the uh, there's this woman. Her name is Roya Maboub, and she was part of the Time 100. Uh, back in like 2014 and she had like her entry was written by Sheryl Sandberg so she was like lean in lean in crypto feminism and she's been like teaching like crypto in Afghanistan and like is is the national coach of the Afghanistan robotics team because again robotics like you know the little lego robotics guys um and like they were able to go to the world cup because of a of a crypto grant from, yes, uh, I Richard saw articles Branson. about them. I, I yeah, wondered yeah. where that came from. Yeah, and, it makes and, more sense. Uh, but they, instead of, so the, 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 this latest press hit is, refugees used to have to sew gold into their collars to leave. Now with crypto, poof, like magic, self-sovereign identity, bro, I'm out of here, you know? So like uh, all these sorts of narratives of humanitarian developing world uplift were, have been seeded. Well, part of this is, par is, is like after the Mt. Gox hack, where crypto came in for a big L, like uh, banking the unbanked became a, a huge thing and dusting off Hernando de Soto became a huge thing. And uh, you know, he, this is like, this is really happening. So like in Fiji where 90% of developing, 90% of, of land in Fiji is owned by the Itoke Land Trust Board is held in indigenous common trust. The Asian Development Bank is developing a blockchain, right? To kind of like bring these assets to the marketplace, to bring them to sort of like the, it's, it's, um, it's, it's really sus. I can get on. I, I, but what God. would that, what would that even look like? I mean, what does developing a blockchain to, to bring something to market mean? It's like mobile phones. It's not like you'd have a blockchain interfacing uh, app, which work terribly generally speaking when you have to do this in the real they would work terribly but in theory um a uh a, a village could vote on what lease what ownership and that would all be sort of like stamped on the blockchain and it would quote you know rationalize private property because one of the things that you know this thing is that like oh they got so much land and property but you know they, they just don't know how to use it because they're all oh, right so it's just so, it's just like a it's tech colonialism yes 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 this is why my article is called blockchain imperialism in the pacific 
Um, but and 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 like, dude, we're talking about uh, companies in California have signed MOUs with the government of PNG to develop an entire region as a special economic tax-free zone run entirely on the blockchain. Uh, and this is like done by this guy, Tim Draper, who's a third generation venture capitalist, whose granddad, like, I don't know, banked Nazi industrialists and uh, uh, was, the, was, was the head of post-war German industrial policy, like literally banked IG Farben, okay? You know, IG Farben, Zykon B, like, it's it's fucking cartoonish. It's ta- it's pension esque. So it's like, like so crypto is just crypto fascism, is what we're saying. Oh, I mean, always, <laughs> I mean, always. Well, it's it like it's the vanguard of American sort of tech boosterism mixed with the usual players of yeah, like where tech where where Tor comes from, where Silicon Valley, like yeah, read Thomas Pynchon, like you know. Tech has always, it's, it's, it's Palantir. It's always been ingrained like private capital and intelligence and military have always sort of like played this dance in, in American capital. And like, um, you know, people say, people say that the original hashing algorithm for, for uh, Bitcoin, you know, came from the NSA. So like, I've always thought of like what BCCI was in the eighties during Iran Contra sort of like off the books shit like off the book sus shit like yeah i mean of course why wouldn't bitcoin be that you know so i don't i can't really prove that but you know i'm just making some good hey, let's just put it out there let's just put it out hey, there people hey. are saying not us uh, are saying. don't don't make me point at the degree <laughs> i just say it's the darn yeah that's no, really. I'll be, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, i think that um we're coming up to time um we've yeah. it's been a bit of a whirlwind uh, I, should... I, I had to drop that the Theranos VC guy is like also like third generation. Oh, incredible. Spooky California Just incredible. guy. It's and, too perfect sometimes. Eh? It just, we, didn't, it... we didn't even talk about like the Satoshi lawsuit. Maybe as that develops, we could talk. It's, 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 it's a good law. It's a very funny. Um... Oh, well, yeah. It's just, it just, it just barrels into comedy so quickly. A lot of this. Oh, it's such so a, good. um, what do you say? Like a, a moving farce. Well, you know, uh, the the Coens were going to write, they were developing a script on uh, Ross Ulbricht, the Dread Pirate Roberts, the guy, the founder of the Silk Road, who was just like a goofy guy that got a little bit in over his head. Like, and I wanted that film so bad because there's so much sort of Coens energy permeating off this. And honestly... I just scraping the surface, just scraping the surface. All right. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for letting me bully my way into the pod. Uh, it's been too <laughs> Always welcome, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, take care of my Auckland friends. Where can people find you? Uh, pfft, whatever. I guess I've got a, I've got a Twitter and I've got an uh, Otago uh, email address. If you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I've written, uh, on my research gate, you can find my uh, Big Data and Society article, uh, Blockchain Imperialism Pacific. I've written a blockchain explainer for Newsroom, which is, again, a sort of like pitched at like my students. So, again, sort of trying to be accessible. I wrote an angry parliamentary submission, which is on my research gate. And, and there's another one about uh, blockchain religion. Uh, so, you, yeah, again, on my research gate. But, yeah, man, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah thank you so much. You know, Peace, um, homies. See us out, fellow. Yeah, cheers. That was uh, one of 200 with a customary rant from Olivier and a customary attempt to intervene from myself and Kyle. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Relentless routines The dying embers of your dreams Lie aspirational Will you die keeping your glass half full The relentless routines The dying embers of your dreams Is a lie aspirational Will you die keeping your glass half full You don't hate your nation You hate nationalism you don't hate your nation, you hate